This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Sandra Robinson Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where we learn to be the protagonists of our lives through my essays and podcasts like this one. This episode is on stillness. And to join me in this celebration of the quiet is my wonderful co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? Well, first of all, thank you for calling me wonderful. That was new. I just wanted to add it <laughs> What in. did I do to deserve <laughs> that this week? It's inspired. Um, <laughs> hello, my art life is... My art life is exciting. I, I'm so excited today to tell you about my late obsession. Um, I've been really obsessed with bartering, um, like skill sharing with other artists in the past month or two. And some of that has materialized in, in photography projects, for example. Um, I needed new acting headshots and I'm normally like really firm about I only take paid modeling work like I don't do any trade shoots and that's you know something people will ask for a lot like trade for photos and I'm like no I don't need to do that I don't do that same is true for acting um and I realized wait a minute I need new acting headshots and I can trade my modeling skills for um for a headshot session. So I I reached out to and I think I mentioned on the episode bef- um maybe last week or the week before that I reached out to a headshot photographer who I particularly admire and asked him if I could trade modeling time for a headshot session and he was like totally happy to do that. And I actually um, also advertised on like a, a modeling casting site looking for the same thing And um, before I asked him. And like I got a couple people interested, like whose work I looked through and really liked. So I ended up booking three. I, I booked with this, this photographer, Harv, who I really liked. And then I booked with two new people because I figured like um, I can – go do a shoot with my natural hair which is like super curly which I normally don't shoot with and it was it was like also it's an amazing opportunity to take the pressure off myself because acting headshots can feel really stressful for some reason uh all actors get really stressed about them um so I like have three sessions basically and I don't have to pay for any of them I'm just trading time and this has come up a lot in my art life recently, where, for example, I'm sitting down with two friends who run a fantastic podcast um, in a week because their audio quality is fantastic. And I always really admired like the sound of their show. And I said, hey, can I sit down with one of you and like do a skill share? Um, can you like teach me some of your tricks? And in return, if you want any Patreon advice, I'd be happy to sit down and give you Patreon advice because I knew that some, that was something they were interested in. And they were so down for that. So like now that's a you know night next week where I'm going to do a little Skillshare evening. And it's just gotten me really inspired and fired up. Um, I, I just feel really confident, f- first of all, in myself that like, hey, I have certain things that I I really can share knowledge and 
I have a couple of things in my life that I'm very good at and I can share my knowledge or my skill like modeling um, and get something in return. And I think it also protects me from like exhausting myself, giving a bunch of advice. Um, sometimes people will say, hey, can I pick your brain for something? And when you just endlessly say yes to that, you can really drain yourself because sometimes those meetings last hours and then it's like you're not really getting anything back. So sometimes when people come to me for advice, I say, yes, please come back with specific questions that I can answer directly. But now I'm at a different place and I was able to say like, well, I need to ask you for advice on this thing. Let me offer you something in return. And that has just felt so awesome. So I'm super excited about this this um, new obsession of mine and, and of course, really grateful that I have so many talented artists around me who can share their expertise or skills or create something with me um, to have these mutually beneficial relationships and meetings um, where no one no one feels taken advantage of or or drained. Everyone feels like they got something really valuable um, out of a conversation or collaboration. So yay, I'm happy. What a wonderful follow-up from the thread you started a little while ago about kindness and giving and receiving that you're experiencing in Hollywood. I love that this story is continuing with another chapter with a follow-up and good news about your headshots. And it's also gotten me thinking about I'm really excited to talk about this, the reality of the process of starting a career. And I think in the arts, and I think there are phases that we go through of, well, you need to do things for experience. And then after a little while, we need to set boundaries and say we don't work for free. And then this alternative that you're presenting of sharing is I mean it's not anything new but the way that you talk about it is so energizing it's so um it makes it sound really nice it feels really energizing I think that's a great word um and I'm just seeing how I can I can be a good example like instead of getting kind of stressed mm-hmm. about the way that things are set up or stressed about people asking me to work for free or whatever it is, you know, I, I feel like I've, I'm setting an example of um, a new way of doing things or not a new way. I didn't invent this, but uh, a, a way that I am comfortable for with. You. Yeah, like I'm, I'm presenting a, yeah. an opportunity for something I am comfortable with so that I can also have connections with people that aren't super transactional in terms of like, you must pay me to do this thing or I must pay you to do this thing. Because also like, mm. you know, sometimes the art life is sacrificing finances to, or sacrificing financial security um, or a big paycheck in order to make something you really believe in. Like that's a reality. And I think that I am creating a system for myself right now or or an, an opportunity to connect and collaborate with people who I really want to share wisdom or skills with where it doesn't have to have that financial um, uh, transaction. 
I'm I'm just I'm I'm giving myself another avenue, and um, I'm really happy with that. Even my roommate Katra and I have been talking about doing a little Skillshare because like she uh, she needs a voiceover reel. So I said, well, hey, like I'll record and edit it for you. I'll, I'll even write a script for you of like animation characters that work for your voice. And I said, in return, I'm going to have a bunch of new footage. Can you cut my new acting reel together? Because she's like, can do video editing. And frankly, that's not something I want to learn. I just want someone else to do it. Um, and and mm. so now we're going to do these things for each other. It's fantastic. I'm thinking about how that can be extended beyond our careers as well and how Steve and I divide up chores at home that we enjoy more than the other person or don't hate as much as the other person and this trade this barter is something that that anyone can try out as well i think that's a great point yeah it's not just about careers um and it's also it's empowering to know what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and and see that as valuable even if it comes to like domestic um chores being the, the the centerpiece issue here I I love cooking and I don't love cleaning, you know, like there's so there's an example. And I think that mm. saying, OK, well, I'm good at this thing and it helps someone out who maybe doesn't like doing that as much. We can trade. I think that's great. And I, I do see the way that you talk about it is really empowering. And it, it seems less like a this for that and more like an atmosphere of sharing. And an atmosphere of reciprocity. Like, yes, oh, I can totally help you with this. Can you help me with this in return? I think especially as a as a woman, um, I'm just being honest, um, many women I know have a tendency to give a lot until we are drained or, um, you know, not take care of ourselves and put other people first. And, and maybe that's true for many for many people. It's not about gender. But I think um, learning to ask for help is so important. And, and valuing your own skills enough to say, yeah, I would love to help you out. This is a valuable thing that I have to offer. Um, I'd love to learn this thing that you have. It's like respectful. It's respecting yourself. It's respecting someone mm. else and seeing what they're good at. And, and letting them share that with you, it's, it comes from a place of respect all around. And it's respecting your own skill enough to think that it equates to something that you really want or really need. That's the part that's really cool. And I also just, I, I know how much work it takes to become expert or to become so experienced at something um and and that that's something that should be respected like i i remember um there's there's an artist that i really love who once posted vented a little bit on social media about people constantly asking if they could just like have coffee with her and um pick her brain for her you know decades of experience and she was frustrated with that that repeated request because she had spent so many grueling years learning what she knew. I think generosity is super important and wanting to give back to people who are younger or less experienced. That's all important. But it was exhausting to constantly have people 
ask and even expect her to just freely give all of her information, all of her years of hard-earned knowledge and experience in her field, um, you know, and, and expect nothing in return. Like, I get now why why someone can start to get frustrated with that exchange or lack of exchange, frankly. And I think that even though I read that a couple years ago and it was just a social media post, it really impacted me and it impacted my own request of other people uh, when I do want to learn something from them. So it felt so good to reach out to my friends. Their, they, uh, their podcast that they have, the Hollywood Hustle podcast, um, I feel like I should mention uh, is, you know, it just sounds so good and they're so, they're so good at what they do. And it felt so good. Um, it felt fantastic to respect that they have worked really hard to learn what they know about audio editing and sound quality and all, you know, mic setups and everything. It was like, I respect the amount of hours and, and um, financial investment that they have made into being expert level at this. And I want to offer them something in return for asking them to condense years of work into a couple hour session. I'm looking forward to when we eventually do a full episode on this because there is so much nuance here. And I think we are I think we're we're piecing together the details of what makes it an empowering thing to do versus what makes it a um where's the line between being an empowering thing and uh draining someone's resources and it all it's like right there is nuance where it depends on the relationship it depends on who who is asking and you know what they are asking for like obviously there are examples here like i briefly mentioned where it's like someone asks me for advice about maybe you know breaking into modeling or something and i'm i i respond with like please ask me you know five specific questions and i will write back just because like a vague like i want to pick your brain can be a, a little bit of a time suck for me um and so all of these things obviously depend on the relationship and um the circumstance that you are being asked but i i feel really good about this this new avenue that i have that isn't just about hand me money or let me give you something for free and you reminded me of what i wanted to point out about your story that stands out which is that your you are asking your podcast friends for such a specific skill to share of it's not how do I start a podcast or how do I podcast, but zooming in on the audio quality specifically and making it clear why you're asking them. It's personalized. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful. And that's something that I actually learned at a professional workshop at GLA, which we've talked about before. Um, they were there was a workshop I went to that mentioned that like asking someone to be your mentor can be a lot of pressure and like too open-ended. So like send someone specific questions or like, you know, say, can I take you out to dinner and ask you about this really specific thing? Like for me, if someone approached me with that, I would feel so much more open than if they would just approach me with like, hey, can you mentor me? Right. 
No one knows what that means. And you just have such a higher chance of actually getting that kind of meeting if you are prepared and clear on what you're asking of someone from the get-go. Zandra, how is your art life? Well, it's funny you ask because my art life is also money-related. I have been... I've been starting to go through Sarah Von Bargen's program, Bank Boost, for the second time. I went through this a year ago, and the best way I can describe what it is is that it's like a money budget cleanse is how it felt for me where you go on a spending diet and an earning spree to boost your bank in a specific way. And... I have a general budgeting system that I use through the year that I was actually inspired to set up after going through Bank Boost last year. But I'm remembering now how helpful it is to have a period of time, a temporary period of time, when I'm really being extra intentional about my purchasing. And what's surprising about that is that it's quite creative as well, because a big part of this program is getting clear on what what money actually is well spent in terms of my fun budget, what's actually fun for me. And in going through it again this time around, I'm looking at the notes from last time and I'm remembering vividly the stories of that period of my life just by looking at the purchases that I delineated. This was the time in my life when I started to really pay attention to the different coffee drinks that I was ordering to see whether the extra 20 to 50p made a difference one way or the other in actually discovering that I love filter coffee, which is usually one of the least expensive choices. And my favorite story from my bank boost purchases last time was that I started it when I was traveling and I had budgeted for my takeaway lunch from Marks and Spencer's at King's Cross, but I'd forgotten to bring, I'd forgotten, um, I didn't have an extra bag on me, what I would call a mangte, which is Korean for that shopper bag that you can sort of carry around and reuse. I didn't bring that. And I was like, oh, shoot, Um, because I don't like to buy plastic bags and you, you do have to pay for them here. So it's 5p for the UK. And what I decided to do since I was spending 5p anyway was go next door from the supermarket to Hotel Chocolat and I got a 5p chic gift bag instead and I carried my lunch around in that and really made that made those pennies count so I'm so curious what you've learned this time around that you've been doing this program that perhaps differs than what you learned last year Mm, well I've just started and a lot of it is a lot of it is a remembering of habits that I formed last time that have just slipped away over time. And it's not the most exciting answer, but I find this to be the case in my personal development as well, 
And if you read my essays, you'll notice the same things keep coming up, but I have to learn them again, and I have to learn them with different nuance. And one of the things that has come up this time is um, trying to take advantage of the many wonderful free experiences that my city has to offer. I'm so used to... um, I mean, I love to support the arts, even if it's for a five pound or 10 pound ticket. But during just this time of of going on this cleanse, I am challenging myself to find more free opportunities to go and experience culture. And that might lead to a, a purchase later down the road. Um, I love going to book events and I will often end up purchasing the book either that night or later on. But um, showing up is a big part of supporting the arts as well. And when I'm doing this Bink Boost, I go to more of these things because I really value them. So something I've noticed in my own art life is I tend to just like impulsively overspend on um, classes or workshops that I, you know, then don't like get a lot of value from or, um, you know, expensive headshots when I like could have done them for a trade. And I'm curious if you've learned anything about your own creativity by doing this financial challenge. Hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to start thinking about the story that you just told. And what you're making me think of is how how often we use the word investment, whether it's for a self-improvement course or a fitness class, or it's like invest in yourself is the language used. And that doesn't have to just mean financial. And I think if something has a bigger price tag, then we often feel like it's doing some of the work for us. And so I'm as I'm going through this, I'm remembering I have a bunch of other similar programs and similar books that I've invested in about money, and I'm returning to those as well while I'm going through this without having to pay anymore. I'm returning to things that I've um just because I've gone through a course once doesn't mean that I've I'm done with it. So uh, it's drawing on uh, on what I already have, I suppose. And I'll say as well that if anyone wants to join me in this program, I'll leave my alumni affiliate link in the podcast description. Oh, I would love that. And I would also say if you are going to do it then please reach out to me personally because one of the most powerful things about this program is having somebody else going through it with you. So I would love to check in and celebrate wins. I will make sure the link is there for everyone to see. Well, as always, I love talking about this kind of nitty-gritty foundational part of the art life not just the creativity and the glamour and the fun looking stuff but the finances and the systems that we have to have in place to stay sane so i'm just so happy you brought this up and i hope some people are inspired and check out the program and join you that would be awesome over a little art life cohort and we'll make it fun (laughs) 
So last week, we had our How Can Art Change the World episode. And I thought after an episode that was centered around taking action, how about we do an episode on the opposite? Because that's something that you taught me, Grace, a few episodes ago, is when you're recovering from something, in your case it was the Joker movie, to balance that out with the opposite, equal and opposite reaction. And so here we are doing an episode on stillness. And I would love to start by asking you, in the week since we set this topic, which is more like a mantra than a topic, how has stillness impacted this week? Well, I was really excited when we decided to, when we named this as our episode topic, because I had fallen out of my meditation practice. Um, I have such a solid journaling and gratitude practice, but recently I've been having resistance about sitting down to meditate. And I was so excited when we named this as our topic because it made me accountable as part of my research to sit down and meditate every day because I knew that this was coming. And I did. Yay. It helped get me back on track with that. Um, So it has totally impacted me this week. And, you know, what's interesting is like in many ways, accepting stillness as part of the as part of the art life, accepting the downloading period or even the time of fallow, accepting the the lows or the more still parts of my process is my life's work because I am I am obsessed with producing. You know, I'm obsessed with um always having something going on and always putting the words out there or making the project and you know it's funny because this show is so much about holding space for the opposite of that is about dropping into daily life is about not always needing to have goals not always needing to produce something but instead making your life art and i i think you know sometimes we we make the work we make the art that we so very much need to see in the world so in some ways this this whole show is like a meditation on this this lesson i need to learn um i have found after gosh what has it been i mean i've been acting most of my life the first time i was on stage for a play was when i was six months old so that's that's most of my life. Um, <laughs> well, the first six months, though. The first six months was a dark time, man. You know, I was I wasn't creating any art. I was I was rehearsing. Yeah, I was just <laughs> again. I was downloading. You know, I was downloading life experiences <laughs> so that my my breakout performance at at six months old could really have depth to it. Um, you know, you have to live a life before you can really act. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So I've been acting most of my life um, in, you know, either in in theater or or film. And um, I have, 
you know, there was obviously classes in school and then I jumped into professional adult classes at 16. And a really fascinating discovery for me in the past few years was that a meditation practice is the most beneficial thing I have ever done for my acting. And it really rocked my world, man. (laughs) It really rocked my world after years of technique and study and like obsession with the craft um to have a daily meditation practice and discover that like like stripping away all of the noise and the technique and the craft and and the i the actor brain ideas about what it is to be this character stripping away all of that and just sitting in a feeling and sitting in myself was like what uh what caused my best work ever as an artist wow so i mean i'm being like you know fully honest here in this episode and with our audience and with you like this stillness Um, meditation downloading periods and acceptance for how important they are is something that i still struggle with even with the boundless evidence that i have that it is important but like so much of what we talk about on this show i think that part of it is this day and age that we live in where you always want to be showing Hmm. what you're working on um i i think that I'm going to relearn this lesson as we've discussed already today in our self-development chat. I I think I'm going to be relearning this lesson throughout my life, how important the stillness is to the process. I can relate to this so much if you substitute in your acting with my mental health. Meditation, yeah. Meditation was a big part of laying the foundation for dealing with my depression. And it's something that my therapist prescribed me and something that I was also being introduced to in the for fun sector of working with Mary Lofgren from the School of Sensual Living, who does the most beautiful meditations where I had done, I started with Headspace, the Take 10, which is, it was free. Hopefully it still is now. It's a great introduction to getting into meditation in these 10-minute sessions. And what I've realized is that there are so many different flavors and tones to meditation leaders. I'm not sure what the the word to describe them is. Um, But I love Mary's meditations in particular because they are, as the school is named, they are so sensual and feminine. And um, there's something to finding the right voice to connect with because it's kind of it's an intimate thing is having someone's voice in your ears doing a guided meditation 
So I wanted to mention that, that if anyone is having trouble connecting to meditation, then, um, then, then try out some different ones. Yeah, and there's so many different methods too. Like guided meditation is just one thing. Um, transcendental meditation, orgasmic meditation, walking meditation, like there are so many different actual ways to do it and this isn't even a meditation episode you know this is just a conversation about about stillness um for me i i I dabble in a guided meditation now and then but i am a big believer in just like a 20 minute sit i usually just put my timer on 20 minutes and i just sit through whatever is going on um and, and that is what works more than anything else um, because I, I think sometimes a guided meditation, uh, it, it keeps me in distracted brain. Like then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm just listening to the story. And like a really important part of meditation for me is the, the courage to sit in whatever you're feeling. You know, and I think, I mean, talk about mental health or art making or producing, um, um, you know, I think some some of those those habits to always keep moving and keep putting things out into the world and keep proving myself, whatever it is, you know, some of that is, is resistance to just sitting in my feelings. So, like, sometimes I'll do a 20-minute sit and I'll, I'll just say the mantra to myself, like, I want to feel. Hmm. And I think that's part of, you know, how it's helped my acting or helped my art in general is um, is that invitation that I give myself to want to feel even the bad feelings. I think especially as artists, like, like it, that's part of our, our role in this world is to be willing to feel things and to invite other people to feel things too whether you're a musician or a painter or an essayist or an actor, whatever it is, like artists invite you to feel things. And if in your own life you're resisting that, it's going to affect your art. Because it really is as simple as that. But it's so daunting as well. Just the silence and asking, I, I'm ready to feel that's terrifying. It is terrifying. And so we busy ourselves with anything else, or I do anyway. I certainly do too. And, you know, it, it, it's like, you again, you relearn the lesson over and over. I remember a number of years ago, I was at uh, the Festival of Disruption, which is David Lynch's um, f- festival of films and music and, and talks about meditation in part, because he's a huge believer in meditation and has his own foundation that teaches transcendental meditation um, in like schools and for um, victims of domestic violence and veterans. Like he brings that practice into those spaces. But I remember, I think I was watching Bill Hader speak. I love him and I love how openly he talks about his own anxiety. Um, and he was telling a story of like when he was on SNL and he had panic attacks. And he started meditating just to try to survive like his first few years on SNL. And he talked about how 
he still resists it. He still resists meditation. Oh my gosh, you do everything you can, but but meditate. Um, and then he sits down and and he always feels like, wow, this is so helpful. Why do I resist this? <laughs> and I have that, you know, I have that same joke with myself. Like, and and sometimes it is difficult. You know, I cry pretty often if I have like a twenty minute meditation, or um, I often like to to sit in like a hip opening yoga pose for my meditation because that really like releases emotional tension and I, I I do cry plenty of times and it's amazing and I'm like wow that was cathartic why do I resist this um or even if I feel good the whole time wow that's amazing why did I resist this like there's there's always a benefit to doing it um now I was so excited actually just an hour ago that we were doing this episode because you just published an essay a number of hours ago about in part like waiting for ideas to fully form before you write Mm. about them waiting for the lessons to land and process before you write about them and i'm wondering what that has to do with stillness you're welcome to talk a little bit about the essay too of course So the essay is called Art Doesn't Have to Hurt, and a lot of it is inspired by this show. I tell a story about our pre-chats on this show and how we've landed on this idea that if we don't feel ready to share something, then we don't share it and trust that the right space will come for it. And I was also thinking about our activism episode in how, as it relates to my urges as a writer to publish something right away, to take action, when actually, if I let the idea stew for longer, then the words might have more impact. And so it's not about checking it off of my list and saying, there, I did it. But it's about making it the best statement that it can be. And sometimes that means waiting. Sometimes that means letting, putting that piece aside and, and letting it wait. And I, so I process my experience primarily through journaling. But then the other way that my experience, that I process my experience is just through letting time pass. And there isn't much more I can say about that because it's as simple as knowing I this needs to sit. And it might have something to do with my brain and my attention to things. Something that I do with my essays is I allow ideally an entire day for me to have it pretty much ready to go on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I don't look at it. And then on Monday, I finish it. And it needs that rest. The the essay needs the rest. And I guess my attention needs to shift away from it for me to do that final polish on it is what I've learned thank you so much for for 
looping that in and and talking about this because as much as I love talking about meditation, like there's so many other things to talk about with this word stillness. Even like this idea that you you let an idea or a, even an essay that you've written most of gestate a little bit within you for a couple of days or even on the page for a couple of days. I think that's so healthy and and I think everyone could could use the lesson of like not just being reactive right like mm-hmm. you're in such a a beautiful and empowering but but scary position where you write about your own life like the role of the essayist is to just write about their own life so often and that's so vulnerable and and i think the fact that you have built this um this structure where you're not allowing yourself to just be reactive is like really important and something that that um you know i i still could learn from and so i'm really grateful to have you like setting such a good example because especially especially with like certain things that that trigger me on social media like i can kind of be reactive um and and i know that like that is not my best self and even like it, like taking taking time to metabolize a feeling and a lesson and then putting it into my art is such a healthier way to to navigate those feelings um or or points of view than simply like throwing a an instagram story up or or you know if it's in a relationship in person like like taking time to be still and and um process those feelings before just like jumping back with a reaction is so important thanks for bringing it up and for giving me the space to talk about it i'm always so excited to to welcome in the conversation around something that i've published because I've kept it so close to myself for so long. And then once it's out there, I'm like, okay, so what did everyone think? What do you, what do you, what, what did this make you think of? And uh, I hadn't even thought about it in relation to this episode, but uh, it's absolutely relevant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the stuff. <laughs> I was really inspired a couple of years ago when a mentor of mine he he gave me so many great gifts with his wisdom but he told he said something really valuable to me i was i was agonizing over the fact that like i had some project that i meant to be working on some short film script that i meant to write and oh well you know i hadn't really worked on it for a number of weeks and it was like getting near a deadline and um i was i was just saying like i tend to do this i tend to do this i tend to go weeks without actually working on the thing and then i write it overnight and that is something i learned from my certain family members who are fantastic at their jobs um what i thought was procrastinating 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 and then cram the night before is actually kind of part of the art life so my mentor joe he pointed out that like no that's just your process you need to download life Mm. and you need to like let the ideas 
stew in you um, or let the characters speak to you over a number of weeks. He's a screenwriter. And then you sit down and you write it when the idea is ready. And it like, Mm -hmm. it was an amazing lesson. I was like, oh wait, I'm not doing anything wrong. This is just my process as an artist. Um, you know, and, and yeah, yet again, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded that like the stillness is part of the process. It's part of the art life. And it's also part of being a good person, right? Like this, this idea that I brought up about, you know, learning to not be as reactive, um, learning to to give certain issues space or to challenge your own feelings or sit in them instead of just trying to cover them up with a bunch of action or or fighting or whatever it is learning to sit in those things and be still is is healthier and also like bringing that intention into your life can can make you a better person to be in relationship with and in partnership with in you know collaboration with in my experience so this weekend i did a little stillness project of my own as research and i was thinking about the story i told a little while ago about when steve and i were living in an airbnb that we checked into with accidentally with no wi-fi and it ended up being this unintentional digital retreat and so i asked him what do you think if we turned off the wi-fi for one day of oh, the weekend love this and he actually said no and he said no because he said that wouldn't be enough for him because there was still enough on his computer or on his phone without the wi-fi that would be distracting and so we We've called it box day now, where we put our computers and phones in a box. And I noticed this amazing shift when I didn't have anything to lean on for any of those devices to lean on for entertainment. And I had a lot of what ifs there of, well, my music is on my phone. Podcasts are on my phone. I'm not really counting that as part of the distraction. But in fact, I noticed how often I'm just like wandering around the house or folding the laundry and I feel the urge to listen to a snippet of a podcast for like a five-minute task and how jarring that is to always have something going on in the background. And so what it really brought my attention to is, is having this complete break sometimes from anything, not just screens, but to other distractions. What it really created was stillness. I am so curious about what it made room for. I felt so attentive to what I was doing. And it, I had that sort of uncomfortable meditation feeling at points of like, well, now what do I do? And I, I found myself just sitting around more, 
or to call back to my former essay, just lying on the rug, there were more of these in-between moments where I would pause and in taking maybe 30 seconds to a minute sometimes, I could get more in tune with what I really wanted to do with myself next. And even when we didn't keep the tech in the box all weekend, but when we brought them out, there was a change as well. So we got through all of Saturday and Steve really wanted to watch a movie and his new library book hadn't arrived yet. So it's it felt like a um, it felt like a a good use of time to get out his computer and watch a movie. And I didn't really want to watch what he was watching. So we had what we call airplane time where we both have our computers out and we're sitting side by side but watching different things. And I was I've been binge watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel lately. And I love the costumes in that show. Oh my gosh. The hats. Everything. The colors. Um, I just want to live in that show. But there was such a difference between when I was sort of greedily going after each episode during the week in my spare time versus this very intentional moment when I pulled out my laptop and let myself watch an episode from start to finish. It wasn't usually when I'm on my computer, I'm tempted to like pause and look up a reference or especially on Amazon, you can click on the actor right there and see like, what do I know this person from? Um, Or something completely unrelated to the show of like, oh, and I need to look up this other thing that's for work or whatever. I didn't really have to fight those distractions because I knew I had taken my computer out with such a specific purpose of watching this episode. This is part of why I love going to the movies or going Mm. to the theater, by the way. Even if I can watch something at home, like if it's a a Netflix release, if they have a theatrical run, I usually choose to see it in the theater because I am not distracted while I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. I'm not fidgeting. I'm not looking at my phone, even if it's for a second. I'm just watching the movie. And I think like now more than ever, like that's really important to curate those experiences for ourselves, especially in our generation, because we've grown up with so much tech. The the time that we are without those devices or just fully present with a piece of art is sacred. And I think it's really cool to to also hear this story where you didn't have to be in the movie theater for that to exist. Something that we mentioned in last episode was this passage that I read from Toni Morrison's essay, Peril. And that's where we got the the word stillness from for for today's episode. She talked about how there are different reactions to like tyrannical regimes and to, you know, to political unrest. And um, she said, the, she, she brought up the idea of like a third avenue, a third reaction, which is stillness. She said stillness can be, um, she didn't say apathy, but it was, you know, something along the lines of inaction or, or just like 
um, resignation. She said that, or it can be art. She said stillness can be art. And I thought that was so interesting because sometimes I think of art as a reaction, but instead it can be like, instead it can be like this whole other way of processing, especially if you take your time with it. And I just wanted to bring that up because that, you know, that, that essay was what inspired this week's episode as well. And I'm, I'm just so curious now if I can change my own relationship with my art making and, and see art itself as more of a meditation, see art, you know, my art itself as more of a slowing down instead of like an impulse to produce. So because we're close to it, I'd like to ask, what is the art life? The art life is the courage to feel everything. What is the art life? The art life is letting time go by. Ooh, I love that. There's so much to think about here with how stillness is, I'll say, mandatory to our lives, to our art. And I wonder if it's some sort of connective thread that is also what makes a life an art life. Yeah, I would say it's even, you know, it's critical to our happiness. Mm-hmm. I feel at peace with this episode. Yes, I feel very zen right now. And just it's like a lullaby for me, even though it's morning. <laughs> well, it's it's two a.m. here, so I'll let this sink in. Um, <laughs> it, it's I'm I'm glad we did this episode because it's a lesson I continue to learn. It's something that's important to me, and I I intellectually am aware of it's um like it's critical role in my life whether it's meditation or or you know taking space to process or like letting go of the need to constantly be producing and instead making living a priority um all of that is is part of what we're talking about today but i'm just so glad every time I can really, really be still and <laughs> really get into this topic because, you know, even though I intellectually understand it, I still resist it so often. I still have this, this learned pattern of like, no, I need to be moving all the time. No, I need to be making something all the time. Um, and yeah, I just feel so like blissed out having just slowed down. It's really powerful. And I want to thank you again for giving me permission to share that story in my essay about 
not being ready to share a different story. Because on the flip side of that, when we talk about topics here, when we talk about what we've learned that is something that we really believe in, like it's clear to me I can feel that this episode is something that we both believe in. When we spend an hour sort of meditating on it in podcast form, it becomes a little more permanent and not just because it's recorded and distributed on the internet, but because of the way that we create space to to say that this is important. I know that that is solidifying that idea for me and it will make stillness more I'll, I'll it's fighting against that resistance it's chipping away at it a little bit at a time so that for the rest of this day I'm going to be totally on board well and I love that you wrote about this in in my opinion so much of your essay that just published was about this and that you didn't even realize mm. it so I look forward to seeing <laughs> I you know I look forward to seeing your essay next week um and and in the future weeks seeing how this this topic and the importance of it comes up in little ways in your writing. And on that note, Zandra, where can people find your art? My writing is published on heroinetraining.com. That's where you can read my essays like the one that we've talked about today, Art Doesn't Have to Hurt. That one is there. Um... You can also read them in your inbox and on Instagram at Heroin Training. There's a little note about Instagram in this essay as well, so enjoy that. And I also record audiobook versions of my essays in a secret podcast feed called Read by Zandra, and that's for, tra- for Heroin Training patrons at patreon.com slash herointraining. Grace, where can people find your art? My art is collected on patreon.com slash gracegordonofficial. This week I put, I posted a short film that I was in over the summer. I got like a direct link and was able to just share it with my patrons um, with the director's permission, of course. Um, And I also started like a new writing series or a little blog series on Patreon this week inspired by you in a conversation we had uh, after recording last Monday, I I started doing a weekly roundup of all of my favorite um, experiences, art and activism reading from the from the week. I've been I've been navigating this this um not problem, but this desire to have, the many different aspects of myself be shown um, because because of modeling and even even acting frankly even like being a being an actress um, I I do feel sometimes like there is this idea of me or there is too much obsession with my image when I want other parts of myself to be known yet another reason that I love this podcast and I'm so grateful that we're making it because it's 
it's offering a different part of me and, and my voice out into the world. But I started doing a weekly love letter blog post where I post about my favorite pieces of art, entertainment, um, activism, and, and experiences, even dropping recipes from the week that I loved. Um, so that's been going on on Patreon. That's a new thing. But it's just something I'm excited about. Otherwise, I'm on Instagram, Grace Gordon Official, and uh, probably many other places. Twitter, whatever. TV. I'm on TV. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of all around. I loved reading that list of list of things that you um, were recommending. And it was... Uh, it was fun to read the list in itself, even before going out and taking notes on where to go from there. And are those, did you say that those um, lists would be available for free on Patreon? Yes. Part of our conversation about access last week inspired me to make a little bit more of my, my writing accessible to the public or a little bit more of my work in general. So, um, so I'm making those weekly lists a public post. So you can find them on Patreon, but you do not have to be a patron to see those posts. I think not enough people take advantage of the public posts on Patreon, but they, they're there. I think because it's like it's associated with having a paywall, people don't realize that there are certain things they can access without paying. I have a number of blog posts on there yeah. that I have made public because I want to share them with the world and I don't want to have like a separate blog yeah well creators as well i mean i i don't know too many people who use that space as a blog space but i think that's brilliant thank you it's true <laughs> well for everyone listening if we haven't lulled you off to sleep with our um our blissful topic of stillness thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. Or have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607. Or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.